0: Welcome to Podcasting the Parables, a year-long project of St. James Episcopal Church. St. James is a vibrant faith community in the Lake Highlands area of Dallas, Texas. My name is Jonathan Melton, joined by Jared Ferris, and we are glad that you are here. Friends, welcome back to the show, a new episode of Podcasting the Parables. Today, I'm joined in the chapel studio, uh, as always, with Jared Ferris.
1: You're giving away the location of the studio?
0: I didn't know it was secret.
1: Well, I didn't either, but you just boldly went there.
0: Yeah, well, like the musers do their compound thing, right? right. and they don't tell you the, the location till the end, but... Uh, we don't tell people when we're going to do it, though, so I feel like we're still safe.
1: Sometimes we don't even tell ourselves when we're going to do
0: it. We just kind of do <laughs> it. We're also uh, delighted to be joined today by Angela Yurik, our new Director of Formation for Children and Youth. Angela, welcome. It's Yay. great to have you here.
2: Yeah, thank you. Thank you.
0: Angela, I've started this past Sunday working in this new role. You've been a parishioner at St. James for a while before, though. What is something that people who know, maybe even people who know you, and certainly people who don't know you, might not know about you?
2: Ooh. um, Well, I'm going to keep with the theme of the parable today. Uh, We bought a house a year ago, and we kind of got the inside settled. But right now, Matt and I are trying to figure out the garden, which is a clean slate. So. Uh, Whoever is listening to this, if you have gardening advice about what to plant in the front yard um, and what works in Texas, we'll take all the advice.
0: What kind of things are you trying to plant?
2: I don't know. Last night we went to visit um, a friend's house and they have a mix of flowers and vegetables. So they had okra growing in the front yard next to flowers and Basil planted in their front flower beds and I thought that was kind of cool.
0: That is really cool. Have you all done gardening of any
2: kind before? No. I attempted to do some gardening several years ago and I did not get very far. (laughs)
0: Rebecca, my wife Rebecca has a, um, a little garden in the back and it is most of our greens for like hamburgers and stuff when I grill, like we can just pull off the plants and stuff. But I'm going to Give away, since we're giving away things today, disclosing, taking things in darkness and, and bringing them to the, to the light, we've given away the location of our, our studio. Uh, I'm going to give away that Charlie Glover, member of this church, is. He had. Uh, Celeste and Charlie have two beautiful kids. Before they had kids, they had, he had his garden and it's beautiful, and he's maniacal, and he's figured out how to uh, douse his garden with ladybugs at the just right time to keep the predators away and everything, and he has little spikes. It looks like a fortress to keep the squirrels out and stuff. Charlie is your guy for all questions gardening.
2: Okay, good to know.
0: Absolutely, and that is really timely. You're you're leading us in. We're going to take our time getting to the parable itself, but our parable today is the mustard seed, so you've given us a good starting place.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Before we jump into the parable and ask you, Angela, to read it for us, I um, wanted to do a little bit of a pause and say, because, Jared, are we, is this our sixth episode?
1: We, this is our, we have had seven episodes, I think. But that, no, we've had five and a preview.
0: Five and a preview. So six. So we've had some episodes. So we're about halfway through because the idea started, uh, with the annual meeting this past year in January that, uh, we were kind of just pausing, slowing down with Jesus's words. The kingdom of heaven is like the kingdom of God is like this. And so many times, like that's the, that's kind of the cue to sit down and hear Jesus tell a story. Um, and, and then he's going to give a story. And so we thought, you know, if we want to we pray to be like a parable of the kingdom here at St. James and in our own lives, our families. If we pray to be a parable, we should maybe like spend some time with the parables and reflect on them. Uh, so at the almost halfway point of our year of considering parables, wanted to just open up a little bit of the space with you two to, to talk about like what we come to the parables to see. You know, Jesus one time asked the people who were not sure about whether they should follow John the Baptist or him, like, what did you hope to see? <laughs> what, what, what did you hope to see in the parables? What, what do you read the parables to see? And I want to offer just as a starting place, and I'm going to uh, thank in advance or our administrator par excellence, Sophie, uh, who is French, comes from uh, a French family, all mistakes that follow our mind, but a quote from Antoine de Saint-Exupery, I don't know how I did. Perfect. Antoine de Saint-Exupéry, who, who is also, in addition to the quote I'm about to share, is the author of The Little Prince. Do you all remember that? Oh, yeah. The children's story that was also made into an amazing woodcut animation film. It was like one of those that I have got kind of teary-eyed and enjoyed, and then the end turned a little absurd, and then you're like embarrassed to admit that you cried, but I'm like, I cried before the crazy part at the end, but it was a beautiful uh, children's movie. Anyway, Antoine de Saint-Exupery also said this, and I, when I think of like why I've returned to the parables, uh, this is a quote that comes to mind often. If you want to build a ship, don't drum up people to collect wood and don't assign them tasks and work, but rather teach them to long for the endless immensity of the open sea. And that connects to me because I don't necessarily go to, I mean, you don't go to the parables for a how-to manual, right? Because right. if you did, you would be insanely frustrated because half the time the disciples just leave scratching their heads and saying, what the hell was that about? I'm getting ready for our cross pod with the Cast Your Faith group. That's what that's about. <laughs> well,
1: so we're, They're ready. We are ready? Yeah. It It's ready.
0: But they, they don't know what it's about, right. and it's a challenge to their imagination, and Jesus is, invites them to kind of look out on the horizon and squint and begin to imagine more, than, more is possible than what they saw, that God uh, has dimensions and, and um, openness, o- openness of possibility and heart beyond what they knew before they came to wrestle with that story. So I pray that when I look at a parable, I'm learning something about who God is, not necessarily what I'm supposed to do. And that by dwelling with, reflecting on, contemplating who God is, I might know a little bit what it might mean to live a life that sings in harmony with the song that God is singing, if that makes sense. Does that make sense?
2: Yeah, I was just thinking that, you know, we interpret or understand things based on our experience. So Mm -hmm. if we come back to these, keep coming back to these parables, then like the way in which we can understand them constantly changes, which I think is the beauty of it.
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. And part of the experience that leads it to change is our previous readings of the parable. Like, What do you think, Jaron? Well, I was
1: just thinking about how the, the disciples walk, walking away from whether it was a question that was asked of Jesus or if it was a question that Jesus asked through the form of a parable, that they walked away with the understanding that this thing that they were part of might be slightly bigger than what their current condition allows them to comprehend. Mm-hmm. And that there's as much as that can be a source of stress or anxiety or, or or whatever that negative feeling might be, um, that it's also somewhat comforting to know that there is something that that we are a part of something that is bigger than our minds can understand or comprehend, and we can be at peace with that. So that whenever those things in our lives that come up that we don't understand in other ways, that that those don't have to be sources of turmoil, that we can also be at peace, even in our lack of understanding and our lack of comprehension. Um, but that Jesus is inviting us even in our lack of understanding to wrestle, to consider, to, 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 to engage with, and not just to throw our hands up and walk
0: away. That is, that is huge. I think, um, so often we kind of condition ourselves or the world around us conditions ourselves to be the opposite, right? Like Certainty is connected to hope, like I can be hopeful because I know how this is going to go, right. Uh, the gospels kind of invite us to say, yeah you you can hope that way you can also you can also find hope and maybe even deeper, truer hope in areas where uncertainty exists, and maybe only where uncertainty exists exactly because that's beyond what you already know and can imagine right, and to get to a place where I can wake up in the morning and say. Yay! How how wonderful! I don't know how this will go. That's that requires a little bit of a, a one eighty for most of us. I know it does for me.
1: <laughs> well, and more than maybe a mustard seed of faith to to trust into that and live into the life that way.
0: Uh oh, was that a segue? <laughs>
1: it, it could have been, <laughs> and it uh, yes.
0: <laughs> Angela, on the strength of that beautiful segue, uh, would you please read for us? Uh, the mustard seed parable, coming from, uh, are we are we reading from Matthew's gospel?
2: Yes. All right, here Matthew we go. Matthew thirteen verse thirty one through thirty two. So it's extremely long. Let's do it. <laughs> he put before them another parable: the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds but when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches.
0: All right. That's it. That's it. And because we are trying to reflect and spend time with these parables, and because this one is not especially long, Angela, can we ask you to read it just one more time? Sure. Mostly thinking like if our if our four listeners, there are more than four of you, I just like to tease us here. We're not teasing you. We're grateful you listen. But if you're like me and you're listening to this in the car or something else, I just want to give you one more chance to hear these words.
2: He put before them another parable. The kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed that someone took and sowed in his field. It is the smallest of all seeds. But when it has grown, it is the greatest of shrubs and becomes a tree, so that the birds of the air come and make nests in its branches.
0: Beautiful. Thank you, Angela.
2: You're welcome.
0: So, Angela, you started us off reminding us that each parable is is kind of an evolution and unfolding across uh, the landscape of a life. And I'm, I'm curious, uh, informed by different experiences along the way. I'm curious, what, what were your first associations, both, both of you, what were your first associations with this parable of the mustard seed? And then maybe how, how has it changed for you through experience or other things?
2: Yeah, I don't remember my first experience with this parable. Uh, <laughs> I wish my memory was that good. Um, although I was I was thinking about my misinterpretations Ooh. of this parable. So Jared's
0: eyes just lit up too. We want to hear him. Give us your heretical <laughs> hot takes. <laughs> Do we need a heretical hot take button? No. No, You know, before, so heretical hot take, I'm hoping by the alliteration the listeners can understand that's meant in jest. We were actually talking about this in Bible study, though, yesterday, in this same space, our undisclosed, now disclosed location. Uh, We were having our, our Wednesday Bible study, and someone said, I guess I'm a heretic, and this is probably unnecessary as a lead up to what you're going to share, Angela. But I find it helpful to to remind us. Uh, it was helpful in, in our context yesterday. Uh, heresy does not mean getting it wrong. It never has. What it has always meant, and I'm indebted to uh, a church history professor, uh, now of blessed memory in, in God's nearer presence, David Steinmetz. Uh, he, was, he was a legend at, at Duke and... Just a tremendous man. He would. He one time opened up a class just by uh, reciting Shakespeare for 15 minutes as a kind of sarcastic uh, reproof of my generation, whom he said was never asked to memorize anything. So he just like he was. He was brilliant, and he's he's like you know, heresy never has meant to get it wrong. Heresy has always meant to share something in the community of faith. Have the community of faith say. That's not quite right. And then to refuse their correction. So it's more of like a sin of relationship than content. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. It's, it's like, which which should be like really, really freeing for us. Like as we read the parables, if you're like, Oh my gosh, I think I see something, but I'm pretty sure that violates some subtext of the council of Chalcedon. I probably shouldn't say that out loud. And if, I mean, if you know enough about, like, and you're not... We, there's so many things we censor in ourselves because we're afraid we're going to be seen as getting it wrong. Don't be afraid of getting it wrong. The whole point of church is that we're sharing what we have thought with each other and giving each other the space to be in conversations like this one.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: So I don't want to take away from your heretical hot takes, but <laughs> uh, just a little bit of, in case you find yourself being like, oh my gosh, I've had this thought and I don't want to share it or my community will send me to hell. Like, please share. We, like, we're, we're all better off for your sharing. So.
2: Thanks. Well, yeah. uh, as a kid, even though this parable is named the mustard seed, I would have read it and thought, it's really about the miracle of trees. Because look at Ooh. the beautiful trees and all the birds that live in them. Because as a kid, I thought it was this magical thing to be an adult. Because you got to... Make all the rules. Uh, I thought all adults knew all the answers, right? And so seeing the trees and having the trees makes it look easy, right? So you think that God's kingdom is really about the trees, but it's not. It's about the little, little tiny mustard seeds that we can hand to people, right? Not necessarily me digging up trees and trying to hand them to people, like giving them all the answers or knowing all the answers. That's not what it's about because I can't obviously control that. But it's about kind of the accidental seeds that kind of blow around that we pass along to each other, not necessarily like the fruit of all the labor and the mystery that, you know, God has grown. Oh, Does that I make love sense? That. Yeah.
0: Can I, can I see if I'm tracking? Okay. Because at first I was like, I think this parable absolutely is about the trees. And I loved that you, the younger you saw that. But I think I'm tracking, like, when you're interacting with someone else, you don't have to give them a finished product. You you can't will that or rush that or desire that for them even. Mm -hmm. You can give them a seed and then trust that God will do with the seed what needs to happen.
2: Yeah. Yeah. So I used to think that I could control... (laughs) How trees are grown, (laughs) which is totally not true. As you're about to learn as you (laughs) plant your
1: garden.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I do not control all the conditions. Um, And maybe if I'm lucky enough, I'll, like, notice one of the mustard seeds that God is giving me or that I'm supposed to pass along to somebody else. And that's kind of what I can hope for, right? Not necessarily controlling the soil or how much sun it gets or whether it grows into a giant tree or not.
0: I know I'm mindful of that, especially when I, you know, you do sometimes a spiritual autobiography or a spiritual journey thing, you like make a little roadmap of different points in your life. And I'm like, when I think of my kids and my hopes for them and the life of faith, it can be tempting to like, just want to, help them. I mean, I don't actually want this, but it's it's some days I wake up and go, oh, I just want what I have for them, right? Like control C, control V and give it to them. And then I look back at the little dots on my autobiography. and I'm like, there's no way. Like that's, that's, that's just been a journey. And, uh, as much as I'd like for it to be their journey, it's my journey that they'll never have, uh, Mary Kate, the fabulous assistant priest, campus minister intercepting them at the just right displaced time and redirecting the, me on a pilgrimage to today that would change my life forever. Like, but I pray that they'll have their, their own version of that. And so we all just offer the little bit that we have and it becomes kind of like loaves and fishes all over again.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: For y'all, uh, Jared, what was like one of those, not a tree, but just like a seed moments where someone gave you a seed that looking back, you can say stuck in a way that was life giving in your life?
1: Uh, I can think of many conversations with people, um, especially early on in my, um, time spent as a youth minister, um, here at St. James even, um, when, uh, talking with other people around the diocese who were in similar roles at different churches and, and, um, sharing about things and hearing either encouragement or, uh, um, maybe wisdom shared in the form of not correction necessarily, but like I see where you're at and I see where you're running towards and having gone down that path, perhaps you should consider this. Um, so just those little moments of mentorship or, mm-hmm. um, or kind of guidance, um, from people, from peers, from, from people who were, um, counterparts in other ministries. We'd call them co-conspirators. conspirators Mm. we'd come to call ourselves co-conspirators. but
0: how about, how about for you, Angela? Were there any of those seed moments where someone just imparted a little something that became something bigger than maybe they could have imagined when they handed it to you in your life?
2: Yeah, I think there were... Well, I can talk about this position a little bit, maybe. Um, there were little m- markers on the way, you know, that I was being called back to work with youth. But I think that one of the big turning points here at St. James for me, um, and this person doesn't know this, and maybe if they listen to the podcast, they're going to find new information out. Um, But as I sat in the last annual meeting and I was listening to Kenneth talk very passionately about building our children's programs back, and it was connected to annual giving but i just thought oh i know how to do that <laughs> not that i have all the answers obviously cuz we're talking about mustard seeds here but i just thought that's a that's a vision that's that's doable and i felt like you know god has given me these experiences kind of leading up to this point that make me comfortable or feeling capable that I can kind of organize or help envision that. And it came in waves, me kind of like feeling called to the position. Because I think at first I just thought, oh, maybe I could be on a committee that helps the next person. <laughs> <Ooh>. I've <laughs> got and good was- news for you. You can be on that committee.
0: <laughs> no, we, we need to... to- Staff out the rest of that committee for you, but, um, well, and, and you're talking about Kenneth, this is Kenneth, this is your test as senior warden. Do you listen to the podcast? Uh, so you have seven days, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, but also have you ever had the experience of going back to someone later and saying like, Hey, that thing you said really made a difference in my life. I've I've had a chance to go back to people who are on like the search committee for me, like eighteen years ago and say, hey, that thing you said, and sometimes they remember and sometimes they don't. They're like, oh, huh. I mean, I said that? Really? You know, I think I might have given the chance to I might I might not say it that way anymore. Mm-hmm. But it's like it's too late. The spirit grabbed it and it took hold. And this is this is a little serendipitous. I'm wearing I don't usually wear a necklace today, but we're cleaning our house to get it ready for to go on the market. And I found this necklace. This is from Tize, which is a community near the heart of my story. And, it's, and this is great for radio, right? Uh, because you guys can all appreciate and see. It's a little enamel leaf. It's a little leaf that I wear around my neck. And it's uh, super tiny. And, but it's from the community of Tize. They made it because they make little things like this as part of their like supporting themselves and their community. And it's connected to these verses from Mark's Gospel Uh, which are also about seeds, and I think really beautifully capture. Angela, when you're talking about like, oh, I know how to do that. One of the things you have to know how to do when you're gardening or planting seeds is I know how to not try to do everything, which is a really paradoxical thing. Like I know Mm -hmm. how to give a tree space or I know how to give a plant space I don't know much about the two plants I'm trying to keep alive in my office. Uh, Sophie and I were joking about that the other day because we both have black thumbs and we just like kill them. I know I'm not supposed to water it every day because if I do that, too much too much space can kill it too, right? So you know how to give something space, which is a kind of lost art uh, because so many times we think of uh, doing a thing as filling up a, the, the space for a thing. And sometimes it's protecting the boundaries. You want to kill a forest plant all the trees right next to each other. They can't do it. They need a little bit of space to breathe. But on the, on the, the seeds, trusting that the spirit is present to the seeds, and we're just kind of tangentially present to this work, uh, connected to the leaf around my neck. From Mark's gospel, Jesus also said, this is what the kingdom of God is, is like. A man scatters a seed on the ground, Night and day, whether he sleeps or gets up, the seed sprouts and grows, though he does not know how. Whether he gets up, whether he sleeps in, the kingdom of God keeps growing.
1: Are we doing a two-for-one special on the parables here?
0: I know. Well, so it's
1: hard. <laughs> it's great, and it fits, but it, there's, like, so much there to get into and to talk that I'm not checking the clock necessarily, but there's a, you know, whenever I think about that, or even if I think about the mustard seed, I think about the tiny things that people do with, you know, scattering a seed are the little actions that people do without even thinking, thinking about it, even within the context of the church. Maybe last fall, we, uh, we had a... Uh, a series of sermons um, at church during the services. Maybe it was two, two years ago where uh, we talked about different ministries of the church in lieu of kind of a, um, a uh, rally day yeah. or a ministry fair thing. And one of the things that was shared was to think back to the time it uh, was talking about welcoming people into the church and uh, to think back to your first Sunday at St. James to somebody who may have expressed somebody who just stood out to you, whether it was what they did or what they said or a smile they shared, but some small gesture, something that made you feel like St. James was a welcoming, friendly community. And when you think about that, go and be that. Go and do that. The thing that worked for you will work for other people. And on top of that, if that person that you can remember is in the room, um, maybe you go and say, you were that for me at the piece. And to kind of share that memory of that seed that was planted and to see... How you were, and, and and to think about the the little things that we do, um, and the impact that they can have.
0: Absolutely, I, lo- I love that, and that that reminder, like whether you share a church with someone who dropped one of those seeds, or you look back, they're still alive, and there is an opportunity to write them, or call them, connect with them, tell them, tell them, like, hey, I know this wasn't all about you. You might have said something, you were just trying to fill space, but the Spirit used that, right? Which is the echo of the Eucharist every week. Like, Hey Lord, we know what we got is kind of half baked and broken and everything. We're offering it. We're lifting it up and we're counting on, we're counting on the spirit growing something beyond what we offered while we sleep. And even when we, we don't show up in the ways we would have liked to. Angel, I'm wondering, can we ask you to tell us more about trees?
2: about trees yeah <laughs> about my misinterpretation no, so i did
0: not i don't think that's a misinterpretation at all no. what you what you have shared is that like you don't give the tree to other people you trust that you're a part a smaller part of a larger story mm-hmm. of what the spirit is doing
2: yeah i think just as uh, okay here's more of my misinterpretation <laughs> Just as a a society, we're trained to focus on the fruit of the seeds and compare those. Yeah. You know, rather than where did it come from and why is it here? And all the gifts that we were given rather than us focusing on what we did or didn't do, right? Um, For me, my other kind of question is, and this is attached to another parable, (laughs) But like which mustard seeds get picked up and which ones don't, you know, because there are so many, if you really think about it and you put your grateful lens on, there, throughout a day, there are lots of mustard seeds floating around. So to me, it's just an amazing thought about, you know, which little ones kind of gain traction and which ones don't
0: and you said that that connects to a different parable i think i know which parable you're on to but tell us
2: so the sowing of seeds yes <laughs> are the, we allowed to talk about that of one? course
0: <laughs> we're breaking all the rules today <laughs> and last podcast with bill we had a, a wonderful conversation <gasps> with bill you should go back and listen to it if you if you missed that one uh friends but it was shorter it so was so i yeah. feel like we saved some minutes for this time
1: uh, we're going to change the title of this week's to podcasting all the very <laughs>
0: <laughs> so that one you could call it a lot of things Wendell Berry one of my very fam- favorite people on this earth is a fabulous writer and uh and farmer and he has a fictional character in a lot of his poetry called the mad farmer and I think the mad farmer would be a great title for this parable that you're talking about. Cause you could call it like the pro the, the prodigal farmer, the way, but the farmer uh, who we're led to believe is God and Christ throws seed everywhere. is not strategic just like, and, and there's just a, a super abundance generosity. And, and sometimes you get into like preachers saying, well, what soil type are you? Like, are you the kind <laughs> that like the, that doesn't seem to be of super interest to the farmer the farmer just like keeps throwing seeds and uh, and and lets go of outcomes in a in a way that the the farmer seems to be okay with but tell us more about sort of what what you're thinking there so so the the seed gets thrown everywhere there's seed there is seed everywhere some of it's going to get used some of it's not mhm but also
2: so this, this kind of lends me to believe, and maybe this is, you tell me if this is a misinterpretation or a <laughs> useful one. <laughs> uh, I almost feel like mustard seeds are answered prayers. Mm. Maybe we don't know it at the time. Maybe we look back and understand it that way. Or, you know, maybe that's just kind of how God delivers Messages to us sometimes as we're kind of looking for those little mustard seeds that propel us forward in a new way. Well
0: oh, I, I think that's I think that's spot on. Insert prayers. It's hard to tell whether or not a seed landed, right? There's some seeds that we we're told like can can stay in the ground buried. For generations and then like maybe a wildfire comes along and it produces the heat that tells the seed that it's safe to open because the heat means there's a fire and that means things burned which means the soil quality is ripe for the growth of a plant so that, i mean that's, that's one of the things i i see in that parable of like well who knew if it would grow or not it got scattered whatever like whose lifetime are we measuring by and how many, how many stories do you hear, uh, saints in the scriptures, but also Annie is my daughter, my 13 year old daughter is a music geek and she'll talk about a musician, a, a famous classical musician who died penniless thinking they had been a failure, but they weren't a failure at all. Their seed that they planted just opened later. Uh, it just becomes really next to impossible to say, God has given up on a place or a situation or a moment offered in love there's also what you're saying Angela reminds me of so there's a sense I think and we we can do this we've done this with the parable like change the meaning halfway through we've done that before (laughs) Jared right Yeah. there's there's precedent for that there's a sense in which Christ is the mustard seed Um, and I think of like John's gospel unless a, a grain of wheat go into the, the soil and die um, it can bear no fruit but if it dies it bears much fruit um, it makes me think of a popular resistance poster in Madison, Wisconsin where we lived for seven years where protests were popular and still are um, they, they tried to bury us they forgot we were seeds <laughs> um, and, and so if, if Christ is the seed um the, the Christ's death and resurrection becomes this this tree, which is the church, where we pray to have deep roots and far-reaching branches with room for every bird. Is there, Jared, Is there a parable we've left out today? <laughs> there
1: is. There is a sort of parable. It, the, the conversation that we uh, the part the turn that the conversation took in this last few minutes was reminding me of a song the uh the road the rocks and the weeds by john mark mcmillan um, who um kind of writes um about um not really having the answers to things but being present in the moments um and there's a um there's a line that says, uh, so shall I plant sequoias and revel in the soil of a crop I know I'll never live to reap? Then sow my body to my maker, my heart, and to my savior, and spread me on the rocks, the roads, and the weeds. So it just talks about kind of a whole, all of that. I would recommend uh, giving a listen. It also sounds really good, so.
0: Yeah, no, I, I love that. And what it, what is, the, that's a, he's paraphrasing some cultures, a proverb about like that's what wisdom is to to plant the seeds of trees you know you will not live to right. enjoy their their shade right um that's a a really humbling thought but also a beautiful thought opening up all kinds of space for us to to be as generous with our lives as the mad farmer was in those blessings that uh, that got thrown even on sidewalks, on concrete, and other places in between. Because for every seed that got lost on the concrete, some seed planted, and you can find those like beautiful pictures of hope, which is like a beautiful flower in the cracks, mm-hmm. in, the, in, the, in the concrete cracks. And the farmer, the mad farmer, was not willing to hold back some of the seed just because it might be wasted if it meant the flourishing of that flower. I feel like we could talk about this image for weeks, and I would just not get tired of it. i just but probably our podcast listeners would
2: it's the the parables that's it that's the unending <laughs> conversation about the parables, right because you can look at it from so many different angles
0: and, oh, absolutely and and one of the reasons like I don't feel too guilty about us like hopping from parable to parable today is like that's part of that's exactly they're they're designed to. Inspire free association. If if Jesus only wants, you, you know you, sometimes Jesus tells a parable and then the disciples afterwards are like hey Jesus what was that really about and he's like oh my gosh you guys <laughs> uh, and and he, what he says or what it gets translated is is like are you guys really this dense and then he spells it out one two three but sometimes I wonder if his exasperation isn't different kind of like if if you, if someone shared like their favorite the lyrics to their their favorite song or just their favorite song. And then you had a friend who was like, and you and you, you have you ever tried to like share a favorite song with someone you're like, "Listen to this, it's magic." And you play it and then someone's like, "Yeah, but uh what what is that about? What it what it like what's the one thing? What what was that person's life situation?" And you're like, "Oh my gosh, are you just like are you that are you that dent? like you're trying to turn right. you're trying to turn poetry into prose like let it be poetry um fine if you need it here's abc i don't think jesus was that concerned with the answers he gave him at that point i think he was just trying to get them to get off his back so he could get a good night's rest because because it and we were talking about this angela earlier like i watch pixar movies with my family everyone i cry at, every time i look around the room there's not a damp eye in the room I mean, I've got a four-year-old, sure, I'm not expecting her to, like, tear up. The five-year-old now, she would want me to say. Um, the older kids, they're old enough to know that up is heartbreaking. Um, my wife, nothing. Uh, it's like, this is, this is, anyway, it's poetry. He's trying to inspire their, their connections. And we would be remiss not to say that the, the mustard seed that grows into a tree, like, the tree really is this enduring image all through the scriptures. My favorite psalm is Psalm number one, It uh, talks about this this tree planted by the the streams, uh, with leaves that do not wither. Um, and then in the the end of the book, you get or the end of the book of books, Revelation, you get the the tree planted on both banks of the river whose streams make glad the glory of god this picture of the the fullness of all things and, and it's this tree again these seeds planted in unlikely places uh, being given a life that grew while we were sleeping which is to say by grace Oh my gosh, we really could talk all day. Mm-hmm. Angela, are there any closing thoughts or other heretical ideas you'd like to share because your heretical thoughts so far have been a gift to us?
2: <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, other than uh, in this role and in life in general, I like the focus on the mustard seed because it feels doable.
0: Because you're just sharing what you have?
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Or, is, or is there something At that else that
2: moment, there? just focus on, you know the tiny gifts and tiny wins and leave it up to God to create the bigger tree
0: yeah
1: well and there's part of that too with the parable of the sower the faithfulness of throwing the seed out there like I, you know what you're saying uh, to be focused and present to the, and, and faithful in the moment and allow the seed to do the seed and the soil and the environment and the weather and everything else that's outside of our control Uh, to do the work but to be faithful Mm I think
0: that faithfulness and then to connect it to what you said earlier Jared uh, faithfulness even in the midst of uncertainty or especially in the midst of uncertainty and connected to a deep trust in the spirit that like I'm not trying to give the whole thing right uh, one of my mentors. Uh, I'll give another shout out since we're. This is the last podcast before his consecration as bishop coadjutor in the diocese of West Texas. Hello, David. You don't also listen. this is fine. <laughs> this is. We're just calling out all the people we think don't listen. Uh, I love the the way that you're talking to him like it's a voicemail. This,
2: <laughs> this allows us to tag them right. So we Maybe. Can, oh, a yeah. way of extending yeah, yeah. our li- <laughs> listenership. Just so, <laughs> mention their names. So
0: uh, David Reed was my men- first mentor at uh, St. Helena's Bernie. And he hand most of his sermons. I still don't know how you did that, David. But at the top of each one was, I believe in the Holy Spirit. Which is to say, I don't have to have it all together. I can be present, show up faithfully in the midst of uncertainty. In fact, count on uncertainty. Because what I'm counting on is that this will become more than I have to offer and that, that God will do a new thing that makes room for one more bird in those branches, which is another Paul, St. Paul would talk about, you know, how do you know what the fruit are or the, the gifts of the spirit are? And he's like, you know, the, the easy answer, does it give glory of God and does it build up the others? If it's not doing those two things, um, The spirit's not really interested. The spirit has a two-track mind, glorifying God and building up the others. I wanted to circle back. I know we should be drawing to an end. We kind of set up to draw to an end.
1: It's okay. It's a a fake out.
0: It's a fake out. Yeah. Juke. uh, False false landing. Uh, But Angela, you said something about the fruit of the spirit or fruit, the fruit of the tree earlier that... um, we can try to like get too caught up in like comparing them or other things. I wonder if you could say like a little bit more about that.
2: Ooh. um, It's easy to be overly focused on outcomes because that's what people can Mm. see. People can't see the seed and the weather conditions (laughs) or know how God has tended your garden, but they just see the outcomes. And as a society, I think we're taught to focus on the outcomes and our worth is associated with our outcomes because um, that's the external part of us that other people can see. And so I think this just reminds us that there's like a danger in that in comparing the outcomes because we don't know, we don't understand what seeds were planted or how they grew. And that's the most important part.
0: We end up focusing on like the one thing we don't have control over, uh-huh. <laughs> the outcomes. And, and I'm, I don't know what it's like to be a tree or a plant, but like I doubt very much that they think about like, all right, I got to make this apple now,
2: hmm. right? <laughs> yeah.
0: Probably what they're thinking, what I know about trees is they think, where is the sun? How can I orient myself in location- orientation to the sun, open my leaves in ways that will receive the energy. Um, how can I grow my roots wide? And now we know the, the roots are not, the trees aren't mostly individual. They connect the roots. It's like they hold hands under the ground. And if one is like, I don't have what I need today, another one will say, hey, I got you. And I'll send nutrients. Isn't that wild? Mm-hmm. And they'll communicate through that network, which is very much, I think, like a communion of, of saints. But uh, But they're I'm inviting us to to think of like oriented towards the sun in a very uh not so veiled symbolic religious metaphor, but like okay, my idea or my my job is to be planted to keep keep my location relative to the sun, to lift up my branches and and to trust and then in those fruit, which I think is Saint Paul's genius. Like, what, what is in the inside of a fruit but more seeds? <laughs> okay. So it's never an end in itself. It's always an offering for others and, and the glory of God.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that might be a place to end.
1: It, it's a fine place to end. What
0: should we talk about next time, Jared?
1: I think we used all the parables. We've got to end early.
0: <laughs> <laughs> we, we crushed it. So now our, our, six, our 12 months of parables is really just six. Um. We'll, we'll find a good one, and we'll let you know in advance. And for listeners, if you have an idea for a parable we have not gotten to yet, uh, shoot it to us. I know we said that early on. We said, hey, if you have an idea, shoot it. And we may even say we don't know how to talk about it without you, and we'll invite you to join us at our secret, not-so-secret location. Is that a callback? Is that what they, they call that?
1: They do, in the industry, I yeah. think that's what they call it. I heard someone say it one time. It was Bill.
0: Is Bill. Well, Angela, thank you for joining us this yes. week.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me.
1: And stick around a little bit. We've got some, some, some stuff for you to do.
0: <laughs> and if you're listening, this is, this is an unnecessary, shameless plug because the response has been really good so far. But uh, Angela is leading right now, preparing for Vacation Bible School in July. And you talk about an opportunity to plant seeds in the lives of young people to give space for growth. Like VBS is it. Um, we've got, what do we have? Like 120 kids now?
1: 122, I believe.
0: Good is the grief.
2: Exact
0: number. Which is wonderful. Fabulous. We've got room for more volunteers. We also have a lot of really good volunteers though, right? We
2: do. We have 19 volunteers so far. So we're starting to plan. Um, and I think we still need lots of help kind of shepherding kids from place to place. So I know that's going to be kind of next on my list are small group leaders. Yeah.
0: Which is a literal ministry of presence. Like you talk about planting seed, just showing up and discovering that you being yourself with someone else can be a blessing.
1: And a blessing that brings joy. Those kids love their leaders so much. Oh my gosh.
0: Yeah. It's idolatry is what it is. They worship them by the end of the week if you've never had the experience of being uh, wrongly worshiped. (laughs) I mean, not that you're not great, uh, but you know what I mean. Like hero worship and everything, it's a great opportunity to bond with some kids who will look up to you and then get like misty eyed when they're doing their graduation sermon in 10 years uh, and thinking of you and you're in the pew getting misty eyed thinking of them. Like that's how that happens. And, it, and it's beautiful. It's a gift. And we have room for a couple more.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. So they should just talk to you or they should sign up.
2: Yes. And now I have a St. James email. Woo.
0: <laughs> You're official. Uh-huh. And that email?
2: Angela at stjamesdallas.org.
0: And that's James. Yes. Yes. Angela at stjamesdallas.org. Mm. All right. Well, Thank you friends this has been really good we'll have to do it again maybe next month possibly with a parable and a person yes (laughs) take care friends blessings until next time and we'll talk to you soon peace Podcasting the Parables is a ministry of St. James Episcopal Church in the Lake Highlands neighborhood of Dallas, Texas, produced by Jared Ferris, with music arranged and produced by Matthew Melton. I'm Jonathan Melton, priest and rector of St. James Episcopal Church and school, and we will see you again next time.
1: Wow.